he says, save me, save me. And then it goes kind of like, save me. Right. In- Welcome back to Shaken Not Scared podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Eric, with my lovely wife host, Vivi. Vivi. <laughs> this week we'll be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, directed by Wes Craven. Uh, we just got done watching the movie. Yeah, I think this rounds out our, like, what I would call the holy trinity of slasher films. Or the unholy trinity. That's probably better. <laughs> Um, I guess Ghostface maybe could be considered one of the classics. Which one's Ghostface? Scream. Um, yeah. Well, not from like the 80s, though. No, not the like pioneer of the genre. Yeah. I guess Scream works. There's a lot, though. I guess you start getting that further down the line, because then you can have like Leatherface and Pinhead. Oh, Leatherface might actually be like the first one, now that you mention it. Yeah, because Leatherface is uh, what, Texas Chainsaw? Uh Uh-huh. And it was like, when did that one come out? Mm, I think it was also 80s, too. Also 80s. Okay, yeah, so, so I guess personal preference on who your unholy trinity is. So yeah, this week we're, we're covering A Nightmare on Elm Street. This week, Vivi challenged me to choose the drink. Instead of doing a cocktail, I had to choose a beer or drink that matched a And I knew you Street. weren't going to make a cocktail because that's not your... I can make cocktails. They just won't be sweet. Your I... idea of a cocktail is neat liquor. Or sometimes on ice. Sometimes horror has to come neat. It's just straight to the point. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, So So what you got for me, I'm excited to see what you picked. uh, It was hard to pick at the store because there weren't very many, like, options related to, like, blood or dreaming. You went to, like, a local... Yeah, yeah, they have a liquor good... store. You didn't go to like a Binnie's, which I think would have given you more options. Yeah, I'm not even sure people know what Binnie's is if it's not like grand scale. It's a beverage depot. It's like Home Depot, but for beer and other things. <laughs> Do does everyone know what Home Depot is? Is it... I think Home Depot is national. Menards, Menards is, the one that's is Midwest. Midwest. Yeah, so basically, so... is Binnie's Midwest? <laughs> that's the question. I don't think so. I think they're everywhere, right? I don't know. I've never seen them anywhere else, but anyway, people will probably scream at this and be like, this is boring. Obviously, Get there's a binnies the everywhere. <laughs> uh, so the the runner-up was this beer called Vacay Daydreams. It's brewed by Pipeworks Brewing Co. That's uh, pretty local, I think, to our area. Our area. Yeah. Did we just, like, pinpoint our location with these, like, local beers? No. No. <laughs> Pipeworks, I think, is, is known around. I think I saw it when I was in Boston, too. Oh, cool. So the it was good. We drank it while we were watching the movie. It was warm. We I had bought it right before we started watching it and like put it in the fridge for not even not twenty even, minutes. Yeah. And yeah, it was not cold. So what we'll do is we'll taste it again later and let, and you know give an update. on I mean, I would say good. it was good. I'm pretty sure if it was cold, I would have been like, "This is a good beer." It was a hazy IPA. Yeah, yeah, it was decent. Warm. It says hazy India pale ale with sabro hops, lactose, coconut, and pineapple. I guess I got a fruity taste out of it. Yeah. The art on the can is pretty good, too. So yeah, like, we'll uh, probably post it on our Instagram, which mm-hmm. is coming eventually. It's a BoJack Horseman-looking unicorn guy with chips, and he's got a 2020 calendar in the trash, so it's pretty relevant. Yeah. So I'm guessing <laughs> it's new. So after that, the one that I actually chose for this, and so now that I'm looking at the can, doesn't exactly, like... The title It literally is relevant, but the can art is not. Okay. So it's 
It's called Hazy Dream State, and it's by Brothership Brewing. I don't know exactly where they're from. Never heard of them before, actually. They're on the Candace's. They're from Mokina, Illinois, which is not that far. Oh, nice. From Chicago, where we don't live. Where we don't live. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a lie. Um, but the can art has a UFO beaming down onto the words "Hazy Dream State." But I thought "Hazy Dream State" was pretty relevant to Nightmare on Elm Street. Is it also so, an IPA? It is. It is a double dry hopped New England Dippa. I have no idea what any of that means. <laughs> Dippa is double IPA. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it's got uh, the description at least below says Citra Mosaic Citra Cryo and Mosaic Cryo. A lot of cryo in 7. there. 7.6 alcohol by volume. Uh, but yeah, do you want to give it a shot? Sure, you should pour them. Okay. <laughs> it's right all over the computer. <laughs> it's got a pretty good head. It's a very uh, hazy, true to its name, yeah. color. Oh, oh, that's good. All right, so cheers. Cheers. That's pretty good. I like haze beers, though. The guy at the at the cash register was like, there's a guy in here earlier who dropped these off, and he's, like, super excited to see people buy them, so. What I like about that local, like, uh, it's a small liquor store. Not even really liquor, because they specialize in wine, I think. Yeah, they have wine from all Over countries. the world, yeah. yeah. I think it's family-owned, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. And then they have, like, a little decent section of craft beers, and they're Always really excited when, like, we go in and ask for something. <laughs> oh, like the time that that guy was like, y'all looking at the mead? Yeah. I'll tell you all about it. We were like, mm, we're just looking at it. We don't want it. I don't know Not about today, that. at least. Yeah. We were reading American Gods at the time, and they were talking about mead, so we were kind of interested, and then the guy, like, <laughs> just heard a whisper of mead and ran but over to us. that's cool when people are, like, excited about their jobs. Yeah. yeah. I guess we'll try mead one day. I feel like every time we go in, they say something interesting about what we're drinking. Mm-hmm. So what would you rate this beer? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I think I liked Vacay Daydream better. Even though it was warm? I think it had potential. It just needed to be refrigerated longer. I don't know. The warmness of it definitely doesn't let me compare it. Mm. So I think. So give uh, it another try when they're actually cool. The can is fun. What do you rate it? Then I would give it... Out of five, right? Out of five. I'd give this one a three. Hmm. And I think Vacay Daydream, I would have given, I, I want to say it's a four when cold, <laughs> but I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't necessarily get that it'd probably be that much better cold. I mean, yes, beer is always better cold, but. I think I just I think like the like. for me, the Daydream one. Mm-hmm. I think this one, I'd give it like a three, seven, five, three and a half. I think I just like the like more fresh fruit notes in Vacay Daydream. This one's got Citra Cryo, though, whatever that means, and Mosaic Cryo. You know, I'm just not a fan of Cryo. You're not a fan of Mosaic or Cryo, apparently. I enjoy a good Mosaic. Does Cryo mean they like put it in like a cryo tank? I've seen that a lot more lately, Ooh. and I just imagine them putting this it thing in like a nitrogen tank. It reminds me of the drink tank. That, that you got on our wedding night at the restaurant where they claimed they were oh. like the only restaurant to have this. It was like a cryogenically frozen <laughs> drink. And they said, well, you can explain it better than I can. Oh, I I can't remember. (laughs) Oh, I guess not. I just remember them saying that. We're the only ones who have it in town or something like that. Yes, and that the flavor changed as you drank it because it got um, warmer, I'm assuming. Yeah, I will say it was good. And the flavor released differently. 
It was a good drink. We'd have to look up what the place was again so that people could yeah. check it out in Boston. in Boston. This was in, no, actually, this was in Salem. It was near Salem. Yeah. It was outside of Salem, I think, because mm-hmm. we thought since we got married on Halloween that Salem was going to be lit. It kind of was, considering <laughs> that it was a panoramic. So we chose like a restaurant like a little bit away. Yeah. But so um, I gave it a 3.5. Okay. 3.75. According to Untapped, the Hazy Dream State has an average score of 4.2. Mm. So. so you're a little tougher. Well, I would have probably said 4, but I I have other 4s on my palate that I don't think this one That's an do. interesting phrase. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this... Uh, at least the drinking section lasted way longer than any of the others we've had in this. Well, because, <laughs> okay, it, I am like, I have fun making cocktails, but your thing is beer. Oh, I'm not that, like, fluent in how to describe it. I could taste the hops. I could taste the barley. You know what you are good at, though, surprisingly, <laughs> is you could give Eric a glass of wine and not say anything. A red glass, specifically. And he can tell you each fruit in that glass of wine. <laughs> The pressure that she puts on me every time she asks me, but I just want to drink my wine. No, no. Like, literally, I opened a bottle the other night, and you're like, it smells like plums. And I look at the label, and it's like plum and blueberry wine. And I'm like, this is your secret talent. Yeah, that and parking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have, like, the best luck finding parking in your big-ass pickup truck. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street. Are you ready for a Wikipedia overview? Yes, please. That give it seems to, me. to be the only website that we have here. <laughs> Let's hear it. So, in Wes Craven's classic slasher film, several Midwestern teenagers fall prey to Freddy Krueger, a disfigured midnight mangler who preys on the teenagers in their dreams, which in turn kills them in reality. After investigating the phenomenon, Nancy begins to suspect that a dark secret kept by her and her friend's parents may be the key to unraveling the mystery. But can Nancy and her boyfriend, Glenn, solve the puzzle before it's too late? Mm. Who writes these? Because, like, Midnight Mangler. <laughs> That's sassy. They got the guy who did this, the, what is it called? The slash singing slasher from Spongebob? Squidward? Squidward? <laughs> <laughs> you made it up! <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, they got him. They got Squidward to write Wikipedia overviews. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, that that pretty much wraps it up, I think. Like, it covers it. So do you have some fun facts for me? I do. Mm -hmm. First one. This one comes from mantlefloss.com. According to them, Wes Craven got the idea for the movie after reading a series of newspaper articles from the New York Times in 1981 that stated the Federal Centers of Disease Control in Atlanta is conducting an intensive inquiry into the manner in which 18 apparently healthy Laotian refugees died mysteriously in their sleep in this country within the last four years. One article by Wayne King is even titled Nightmares Suspected in Bed Deaths of 18 Laotians. That is pretty intense. Yeah. I did not know that. I don't know why that was like his only inspiration, because I'd read somewhere else, too, that he was inspired to make the character based on some creepy dude he saw as a kid that had like a hat and kind of walked the same way. Um, I mean, there's nothing mm. creepier than a fedora, which we will get into. Yeah. The only other one I have is, according to BuzzFeed, this was Johnny Depp's first movie role. That's not my fact. My fact is that apparently it took 500 gallons of fake blood. No way. Yeah. In that one scene? To fill that upside down bedroom. And it was so much blood that it ended up getting all over the stage and cabling and caused a power outage on the set. 
Yeah. You got to suffer for your art. <laughs> I think it paid off. That scene, I it's touched like the on one it. thing you remember. Yeah, it's a great scene. I think one of the points I made was like, is there even that much blood in the human body to cause that like... No. Mess. <laughs> exactly. Not, not 500 gallons. Yeah. You have 10 quarts in your body. And that's... You well, just knew that full. off the top of your head? You do. Oh, no. Is it 10 quarts or 10 pints? I have no idea. Is uh, it because you donate blood a lot? I do. I donate blood. Sure, sure. You're you, not a, a serial killer <laughs> in no. this guy. Yeah. So the average adult has between 9 and 12 pints of blood in the body. That seems like a little bit compared to 500 gallons. So 8 pints is 1 gallon. So they, like... <laughs> so how many human bodies... 62 and a half. <laughs> so 62 <laughs> adults and a child. And a child. <laughs> so yeah, that's the, those are the facts I've got. Is that good? Is that? I think sus- you made your own fun fact there at the end that it's 62 people and a child. <laughs> that's how I would measure it. Yeah, we're going to measure the amount of blood in movies by people and children. <laughs> <laughs> that's, is that the only way to... <laughs> Not animals. No. No, no. But yeah, so do you want to jump into talking about the movie? Yeah, I would say that this movie, compared to the last two we've watched, jumps right into it. It is not slow pace at all. It is like immediately Tina is having a nightmare and you see Freddy in the first couple seconds. It's like his origin of making the the glove with the razors on it. The same thing happens, I feel like, in this one, as in uh, Friday the 13th, where you see a girl running around scared from this killer and it makes you think this is the main character. In Friday the 13th, okay. we see that girl who walks into that diner. And you, you know, it's kind of like a lot of time is spent with this girl finding the town, going to the camp, etc. And it makes you think, you know, this is the main character. Okay, cool. We're going to follow her story. And then later you find out she's like the first one to die. Same thing happens with Tina. Tina is the first person you see. You get this whole thing. The story kind of goes along. She's like, oh, everyone thinks she's crazy. She's having these bad dreams. And she's also, spoiler alert, the first one so to die. So I guess, if anything, these slashers have taught us that do not get attached to the first character you see because she's going to die. It's been a common theme here. <laughs> we just got dream world Tina. That's what I wrote down. Dream world with Tina. Mm-hmm. What I thought was cool is that she's running through that factory area. The part where Freddy finally appears to her, she's standing in front of that furnace looking thing. And it's almost like she's in a dream from hell, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that's like the imagery is that it's like fire in the background. And it's like, ah, and then Freddy finally appears to her and she wakes up. And she wakes up and her mom comes in immediately. Her mom is not weirded out by the fact that she literally had such a crazy dream that she ripped her own clothes. I didn't even notice that her clothes was ripped. Yeah, because she says, like, you need to cut your finger, fingernails. Oh, yes. uh, but, yeah, then so the next scene, I think we get the intro to Johnny Depp, right, with Nancy. And Nancy, Rod. who's the main character, and Rod. The thing that stood out to me, too, was the song starts to play, right? You get the one, two. Oh, yeah, immediately Freddy's the creepy children. You. Yeah, you get the creepy song and, like, the iconic song of this movie. The other ones have their, you know, you get Jason with the heavy breathing. You got Halloween with the piano song, right? And Freddy's song is this one, two. One, two, two Freddy's coming for you. Yeah. So we get that intro to the song. Our Tina ends up meeting back up with her friends. And she's like, hey, guys, I had this dream. I've been seeing this dude with a hat, and he's got these claws, and he's been slashing at me. And there's kind of these hints amongst the conversations with all of them that they're like, oh. They've all had the same dream. Yeah, they they don't exactly, like, entertain her thoughts, but they're all kind of suspicious that they've 
had something similar. But I guess what do you do, right? When you go to school the next day after having a crazy dream, do you immediately tell your friends, hey, I was almost killed in my dream? Yeah. What do you think? And then they're all like, yeah, me too. What of it? What of it? You're not special. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they, we get these subtle hints that they've all started to have the same dream as Tina. And so it's kind of cool because then you're, you're starting to piece things together is that it's not just Tina who's being targeted. Maybe it's everybody. like a phenomenon. Yeah, that's happening to everyone. So she's so creeped out by this dream. She has everybody stay with her the night, which I don't think I've had a dream that intense before. They're, they're not all there. It's, it's Nancy and... Glenn. Glenn, which is Johnny Depp's character, yeah. Nancy Rod and, shows up. Well, Rod yeah. shows up in the first scary moment of the movie where Johnny Depp goes out to the back to defend the, the house because they hear noises in the back. And uh, Rod tackles him out of nowhere and you realize, oh, it's just a friend or whatever. But I think it's funny when Nancy and, well, Nancy tells Glenn, like, hey, no, we can't do things. We're here to protect Tina. And Tina's like, yo, can y'all, like, stay down here? Me and Rod are going to go up there and do it. Yeah, and Rod's intense because... Johnny Depp's character is, like, telling him to fuck off, basically, because he scared them. And he just straight up pulls up a knife out of nowhere, unprovoked. Yeah, I know some people like that. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not cool. Don't pull knives out on your friends. It's not friendly. Or any weapon, I would say. (laughs) No. Sharp guns. Sharp words. Don't pull those out either. (laughs) No, sticks or stones. No, none of those. But yeah, so the friends stay downstairs, or Nancy and Glenn stay downstairs, Rod and Tina go upstairs, and they do, like, the loudest sex. There's this, even a scene of Glenn just laying down on the sofa, and he's like, Jesus Christ, stop. Can't go to sleep. <laughs> the parents Mom's in Vegas. How do you catch these little details? <laughs> I don't know. I pay attention. <laughs> Finally go to sleep. And we get our first crazy murder. Do you want to talk about that? Well, before that, Nancy's in, like, her room. And Freddie's, like, kind of, like, pushing through the walls. Which I thought was a pretty cool effect. I could be wrong, but I think that's the first time we see that type of effect. Mm. Like, the paranormal figure reaching through the walls, stretching the walls. Yeah, you see both his hands and his face. Yeah. Kind of reaching out, and then she turns around and touches the wall. And she puts her crucifix back up. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, reference to the 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 cross. and Yeah. Yeah. Like that to help protect them. I think even the song has five, a part six. That says, get your crucifix. Yeah, you think in these movies, the characters even will assume that prayer and like what's holy will protect them. But I guess that adds an extra fear factor. Is that that does kind nothing. of thing is not going to help you? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that in like certain movies, they purposely show religious artifacts not working, and that is more terrifying, right? Because what's the first thing you think of? Mm-hmm. Pray. Like, I'm about to pray. <laughs> <laughs> no, one time I had a, uh, uh, what is it called? Sleep paralysis. It's like the one and only time I ever had it. And like the one thing I did immediately after I realized like I couldn't get out of it was Is start, start to pray. your Padre Nuestros. That, yeah. And I'm not even that <laughs> religious of a person, but I know them. I grew up in that kind of. Yeah, I grew up Catholic. <laughs> the one thing that happened to stop it was my prayer. I feel like right after that it stopped. And that doesn't make me more religious. It's more or less. I like, mean. It's uncanny. We both grew up. Yeah. Catholic and got married on the most pagan holiday yeah. to our parents' dismay, probably. No, not dismay. It was dis October. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> 
so we get the first kill with Tina, which um you don't even realize she's kind of dreaming at first. And again, with these horror movies of like someone is calling your name and you go outside. She goes outside in her dream. And this is probably our first full frontal view of Freddy. And I remember watching this movie for the first time a couple years ago and seeing the scene where he comes out with the spaghetti arms and just laughing. Yeah, it's it's this whole part in the alley. It's the alley. Yes. Is hilarious because it's not what you would think of as scary. I mean, Freddy has a sense of humor, obviously. He's like laughing the whole time. He's insane. He has the stretchy, almost like dancey. Yeah, it's almost like he's like, you know what's scary? Really long arms. With puffy sleeves. Yes. <laughs> I wrote down Mr. Fantastic. Love how he runs. Mm. Oh, yeah. He does have a very signature like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to catch you, but I'm not really trying. I also think Freddy has an issue with trying to freak people out by self-harming. He like oh looks at her God, and he's so like, hey, true. you want to see something cool? And she's like, what? And stays there just watching him. And he's like, look at me, cut my pinky off. <laughs> and yeah. just shoots out this green ooze. And then you realize she is dreaming because she's fighting the figure under the covers. And a far cry from Halloween, even I would say more intense than Friday the 13th, is this movie is not afraid of blood the no. way the other ones are because she is like cut immediately and just bleeding all over the place. And she's floating in midair, which I think is a pretty cool, creepy effect. And Rod has to watch the whole thing. And what do you do? <laughs> Hide, because everyone thinks you did it. Yeah. But we'll get to that. <laughs> but no, it's insane. Yeah, she's like crawling over the ceiling. Nancy and Glenn hear this run upstairs. Rod has dipped out. Cops are interrogating Nancy. You realize Nancy's dad is like the lieutenant or sergeant or whatever it's called. And he goes in like, why were you there? And this is like the first scene that we get a hint that her parents just kind of suck. Yeah, they're they're all like, got issues. They're all looking at they're each other. They're all like, asking weird questions. And they're all being kind of nonchalant about the fact that their daughter just witnessed a murder. There is a lot of like ignorance to that in this whole thing of like... Yeah, like... This, all this weird stuff's happening. I don't care, though. You're crazy, obviously. So go to sleep. Which is interesting because lack of sleep makes you go crazy. So I think it's like part of the interesting fact of the movie is like when you don't sleep, you hallucinate. So is Nancy really crazy or is this really happening? She basically goes through this like scene with her parents in the police station. And then the next day she tells her mom she's going to school. And I'm like, you literally have the best excuse for not going to school. I don't think that's like her first thought though. I think she even says, if I just stay upstairs, I'm going to go crazy. So at least being in school will take my mind off of it. I don't know that'd be the thing you want to do like the day after but, yeah also um, did you notice this the guy or yes but no the, that's never clarified ever it, it isn't okay okay let's talk about, about <laughs> let's talk about him first i get the hint that it's supposed to be freddy because it looks like the character actor and it's the literal only moment we ever see this man like a human yeah, as a guy in a what suit. he looks like in life yeah. Maybe. No, I I was going to point out that she constantly is trying to, like, drink coffee from, like, her mom's glass. And, like, it's obvious, like, oh, she's drinking coffee to stay awake. But her mom, you find out kind of later on, is an alcoholic. And her mom's always taking the, like, cups away from her. So I wondered if that was a hint that, like, her They're... mom is putting booze in the coffee. And, oh, yeah, like, trying to hide her alcoholism because you don't realize it till like much later on. I didn't get I didn't get the whole cup thing, but I did notice it later that she had mugs full of random stuff. And uh Rod shows up out of nowhere, tackles um Nancy 
like in a kind of like a jump scare moment. Yeah. And, she, you know, he's like, they're looking for me. You got to help me. And Nancy's like, what? No. And All the very calm. Up. I don't oh. know. <laughs> they know he's there. I, I don't know. Yeah. How they just knew. I that. think the father, it's implied that her father is like following her because she knows him personally. But the entire conversation they're having in the bushes, they're very casual for like potentially talking about a murder and a suspected talking to a suspected murderer yeah well obviously she doesn't assume he did it because she's also been having these dreams yeah and he's kind of like no i ran away because obviously they're gonna say it's me i was in the room as this invisible guy i think it goes into detail later when she's talking to him in the cell she actually makes it back to school <clears throat> after the whole debacle with Catching Rod, the cops arrest and put him on the floor. Again, Never. really heavily traumatizing stuff. And she's just like, I'm going to just go about my day. I'm going to be late to class. Yeah. She's sitting in class and they're talking about Hamlet. And I got another moment where the story in the class kind of has foreshadowing for the movie. Because they're talking about okay, like I a don't king remember. of time and space. And I think the last thing that that kid who's reciting the stuff from Hamlet... Is about says dreams. Says about dreams, yeah. In the dream only land. hit that she's kind of falling asleep. And then she turns around and bam, best friend in a body bag. Body bag Tina. Body bag Tina. <laughs> And she follows it out of the classroom. The next scene, when when Nancy looks away and kind of looks back, there's just a puddle of blood on the floor. Mm -hmm. I thought she just like melted, mm. and that was it. But she sees that uh, her body's being like lifted by nothing. Again, a pretty cool effect for the '80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her legs just lift and then just pull away, and there's obviously nobody grabbing her. But you assume it's Freddie, and she turns the corner, and there's a hall monitor, and I call that hall monitor hall monitor Freddie. Yes. She's wearing, I mean, it's a it's a girl, but she's wearing the red and green sweaters. So it's obviously Freddie. And she turns around and he's like, no running in the hallways. <laughs> and then the next uh, thing she's doing is going downstairs into the boiler room. So you pointed out that, you know, he's kind of leading her to where. I, I think this happens a lot, right? What He always kind of just leads them back to this. To the boiler room. Yeah. And we find out later why, because that's where he would do all his murdering. Yeah, he has a pretty deep backstory. I think that is, like, glazed over. Is, is it, though? I... D if your mother casually mentions, like, there was a child killer here, but don't worry, mommy killed him yeah, for you. Creepy. I'd be like, I have so many questions. And Nancy's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Well, cool. put the glove back. I'm going to school again. <laughs> My favorite thing is she asks him, like, who are you? And all he does is, like, cut himself open. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he, again, likes to show off that he can take pain or he just is like, you know what will freak people out? If I cut myself. She ends up waking up freaking out in class. And the teacher's like, just go home. It's cool. You just literally had a mental breakdown. But if that had happened today, it'd be all over World Star. Everyone had taken their phones out. Made World a Star, by. way to age us. <laughs> doesn't that still... No. That still I, I don't think so. I still hear it. TikTok, okay. <laughs> it would have been on yeah, TikTok. I went into TikTok, okay. It would have been a 30-second TikTok. It would have been them showing this girl going to panic. The teacher being like... Go home. There are some great teachers and there are some not so great teachers. There's this teacher. And then there's this teacher. <laughs> Nancy from this point on goes to the cell where Rod is. And to then, ask him questions. Yeah. Rod thinks someone was under the covers with them when Tina died. I think it's because cause she's going crazy. So she's like, what happened, right? And he's like, well, there was somebody in the covers with us. And she's like, what do you mean? Who was in the covers with you? He's like, I don't know. Covers. And again, if you've had dreams already about this dude, like, wouldn't you just be like, yeah, I absolutely know what you're talking about. Instead of being very critical of his answer. 
I think what happens is that you don't want to be, or at least these characters don't want to like admit that there's something weird going on, right? Because then they feel like they are also going crazy or giving into Nancy's shenanigans as they try to like make it seem like she's just crazy. Yeah. So um, she freaks out and leaves. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene is her in the tub, and we get this very well-known scene. I like that Freddie's stalking her, and she's singing his song in the bathtub. We get the claw between the legs. We get the scene where Nancy's dragged down into the tub finally while Which she falls asleep. Which is pretty creepy. Yeah. Like, the notion of drowning in your own tub is real. It was a really cool creepy. effect. It was a pretty cool effect. It reminded me a little bit of the sunken place and Get Out. She's freaking out, and, like, her mom's trying to get in the bathroom and then when she does nancy's out of the tub and she's like it's fine so after this freak out she like looks through the medicine cabinet and pulls out what i'm guessing is like the equivalent of five hour energy right now yeah it's called stay awake fast acting pills yes they didn't seem to act fast though because like the literal next scene after she grabs the pills is her falling asleep on your bed yeah she's trying to stay awake watching tv and reading a book a book will put you to sleep immediately you know what i was thinking about this whole time though I was thinking about how when I was in college, I used to pull all-nighters like all the time. And you pull like several days worth of all-nighters and be fine. Can't do it anymore now. I'm 28. Oh, and fuck no. no way I, can't, I can do it now. She's like 15 or something. And she's like struggling to stay up past nine. You know? <laughs> Taking drugs to stay awake. But I think in the next scene, it's implied that she's been up for like a couple days now. Because her boyfriend sneaks into the room. And he's like, you haven't been sleeping. And she's like, oh my god, I look 20. And the rage <laughs> yeah. in my body <laughs> When she said that. Damn. <laughs> she doesn't even look different in the scene. She literally, literally, they put a same. little purple eyeshadow under her eyes and they're like, you look tired. And she's like, I'm 20. <laughs> yeah. Similar to Halloween, there's a lot of like boogeyman mm-hmm. references, which is interesting because I don't feel like there is, again, having watched these movies years, years, years later, I wouldn't call these boogeymen. Would you? Like... This one's probably like the closest thing to the boogeyman. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I guess that's subjective because when I think of the boogeyman, I think of, okay, I'm sleeping. I'm hiding under my covers. The boogeyman's hiding under the bed. They call Michael the boogeyman a lot. But he's just a real man who's a killer. Who just hides around the corner. And I don't think that's considered. In the first movie, because I think in the other movies, he's like supernaturally never dies. I think as far as like what you think of as the boogeyman. While you're sleeping. Your guy, yeah, you're sleeping and the guy's hiding under the bed or in the closet. This kind of falls more in that line. So I think he's probably the closest thing to the boogeyman. boogeyman. But even then, right, you're thinking let's take like a monster under the bed or a monster in the closet. Yeah. Maybe it's a thing of these are teenagers. They're recently kids. And so boogeymen are, I mean, I mean even in Halloween, the little kid's the one who's like the boogeyman, the, the boogeyman. boogeyman. So yeah. like maybe it's just a thing of you grow up to think that the boogeyman's not real. And yeah. so then turns out it is. And so it's even creepier, I think. You start to get more logical as you grow up. Up and then realize that logic doesn't end up working here. At least not That's for Nancy. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. I think she's pretty brave because in this next scene, she pretty much tells her boyfriend, keep me awake. I'm going to go look for this guy. One job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of love how she talks to this boyfriend. Because <laughs> she says what we're all thinking. Like She wakes up and she's like, you shithead. Yeah, he like literally passes out first thing. Her plan is that if she starts to 
She's just going to go investigate, yeah. And she says, if she's having a nightmare, wake me up. I don't think she realizes she goes to sleep. She walks away from the house. To the police station. To the police station. Then she kind of climbs up the precinct window and she can see down into Rod's cell and sees Freddy phase through the bars and start messing with Rod. Rod kind of just wakes up and Freddy's gone. But she's like trying to scream and yell at Rod through the bars and uh, it obviously isn't working. And she turns around yelling for Glenn You really are at this point like, God damn it, Glenn. You had one job to wake her up. And her alarm ends up waking her up, I think. Does it? Yeah, her alarm goes off because she didn't trust her boyfriend. Smart girl. (laughs) I didn't even know that she had set the alarm beforehand. Have you ever seen Insidious? Yes. Where it's all about, like, what is it called? Lucid dreaming? It is lucid dreaming, but it's like, I don't want to say projectile because it just sounds like projectile vomiting. Projections in your dreams? Yeah. Oh, like uh, Doctor Strange. The Yes, but the point in Insidious is that the little boy can project his soul out of his body while he's dreaming, and that's why all these demons are coming. What happens Spiritual projection? Phenomenon of astral projection. Astral projection, yes. yes. Oh, my God. That. The phenomenon of astral projection, like Doctor Strange. And, and Insidious. Insidious. <laughs> Yes, that's what this whole scene reminds me of, where she's like, Away from watch body. my body while I am sleeping, make sure I wake up, fails at his one job. Yeah, she wakes up and yells at him. He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. You've been here this whole time. The dream she has up until that point is pretty twisted, because I think Fred's even wearing her friend's face while she's trying to run up the stairs. But she starts yelling, and she does this a lot throughout the movie, is this is just a dream, this is just a mm-hmm. dream. It isn't real. And I think that comes from like when you are having nightmares, people always tell you like to... To realize in your dream that it's not real if you tell yourself enough or realize that it's a dream, you'll most likely wake up. And it doesn't happen for her. It's not working. And so mm-hmm. she tries it every time. I think towards the end it kind of works when she says she's, un- she's but not works. Freddy out. But it doesn't. But I do want to point out that Nancy puts up a pretty good fight with Freddy every single time that they encounter yeah. each other. As much as he like easily kills Rod, easily kills Tina... He, like, has these full-on tumble and roll fights with, with Nancy. I think there's one point where he's, like, trying to cut her with the claws. She's, she puts like, her pillow. Holding her, yeah, she's holding his hand back with her arm. So it's not very strong, at least not like Michael or Jason, who have, like, superhuman strength for some reason. So eventually she does wake up from this fight sequence. She tells Glenn he's useless. Right after this, you see that uh, Rod is killed by Freddy in the cell because nancy wakes up and is like we need to run there what's mm-hmm. going on with rod so her dad is there and she's trying to convince them and is like no we need to see like what something's wrong with rod and he's like he's in there sleeping he's sleeping like a baby and at the same time that this is happening the blanket is kind of like wrapping, wrapping around around his neck and i thought you didn't give prisoners things like shoelaces and blankets so they could hang themselves but it's the suburbs they get more things out there i don't know sure <laughs> You say that like we don't live in the suburbs. (laughs) We're only recently suburban, so Mm. we don't know things out here. But yeah, I I pointed out that it was weird that he kills Rod using the blanket and hangs him. Because Freddy's thing being the claws, you'd think that he'd kill everybody with his claws. At least the way that like all the killers in all these movies that are iconic have their way of killing. It's a slasher for a reason. Yeah, and Rod gets killed by just being hung with the blanket. I think the purpose, obviously, is to frame him and make it seem like he killed himself. And that was the murderer and don't look further in 
into this. Even if that was the thing, what does Freddy care if they find him or not? He's just like a magic character, right? At I this think point. it's all to further the idea that Nancy is crazy. It's all about torturing Nancy. I also thought that the hanging scene was strange because... He dies immediately from the hanging. His neck turns, or his face turns blue immediately. Immediately. And I think hanging is one of, like, the slowest ways to die. I think it's, like, one of the worst ways. If that or your neck, neck, yeah, I was going to say, if your neck doesn't snap. Because they run in, like, immediately after. I'm assuming yeah, as soon as it's dead. happening. The next thing we get is Rod's funeral. And I thought it was interesting that we see Rod's funeral, but never see Tina's. So it was Rod's funeral? I, I felt like it, it was, was just not clear. It is clear because even the priest implies, like, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. It was directed towards Rod. Yeah. So the next big scene we probably see is Nancy's mom is like, I've got the next best thing to help you. Yeah, she takes her like, take her to the doctor or take her to go get sleep. And she's like, no. I got something better. (laughs) At that point, I thought I was like, is she going to give her booze? Because (laughs) that's what she uses? That's a dark thought. Yeah. But she takes her to this sleep facility. To be examined while she is dreaming. And this doctor is probably not the most reliable right off the bat. Because he's like, I have no idea what dreams are. And he's a sleep specialist. Yeah, he's like, they're mysteries. They're... Mystical. He's making them seem larger than life. I had written down what he says. He's, oh, dreams are hocus pocus. Dreams are mysteries. We don't even know what they are, really. He's kind of like reading the, the, the computer. And he's, oh, it's perfect. Oh, she's great. She's in REM. She's dreaming now. Look, it's perfect. Crazy. Crazy dreams are five or six. She's around a three. I was like, that's still pretty close to five or six. You You're know? like almost there. And then she starts convulsing, and the guy's like, no, this is impossible. And I think on the screen, it shows like 20 and 30. Yeah. They run in. The first thing the doctor wants to do is put her back to sleep. Yeah, that's literally the point I said. I was like, you're literally seeing her freak out. While she's dreaming, she needs stronger starts sleep. Starts prepping the syringe. And, and the- she's like, Showing some extra human strength. Pushing the nurses off. Shoves him. Yeah, and then she pulls the head out of underneath the (laughs) the blanket. Her hair is white. She has a crazy scar on her, and then she like pulls the fedora out, which I don't care if I'm a doctor or not. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, (laughs) there's nothing more terrifying. Everybody around her is thinking that she's crazy and insane and whatever. But even like the gray hair thing, like you saw her go in and you saw her come out with white and gray hair, and you still think she's crazy. You saw her convulsing, and you literally saw the computer say it's 20 or 30 when you're saying normal is 5 or 6. My favorite thing here is that Nancy is constantly being told that the answer is more sleep. She goes back home. And, and has this like, insane confrontation with her mom. She's got a bottle on the side. Trying to hide the, it. Yeah. And and she's like, what'd you guys do with the hat? Did you guys do studies? She's like, no, we threw it away. And somehow she pulls it out of this drawer. She knows exactly where it is. Nancy's like fed up. But the mom is kind of freaking out because... Nancy's starting to mention Freddy. You got the hint earlier at the funeral that her parents know more because they're like looking at each other like, oh crap. And then here, I think, is here where she tells her the backstory? Later Um, on, she takes her to the basement, right? Yeah, because right after this, we get the scene where she's talking to Glenn are on the bridge and Glenn's talking about... um, Essentially lucid dreaming. Yeah, and he's basically like, you know, if things happen in your dream, just realize You can that. control it. You could turn your back on the monster. And he's, she's like, well, what if you do that and it doesn't work? And he's like, well, no one's ever survived that to come back to and tell you. Doesn't. She's like, wow, amazing story. Thanks for the, the hype. And I'm going to say that Nancy and Glenn have the most interesting boyfriend-girlfriend dynamic we've seen so far in a horror movie. Because 
in every movie, it's just about being horny for each other. And they have nothing in common. But Nancy and Glenn actually have conversations. And Nancy's actually kind of like demanding with him in a way that we haven't seen in Friday the 13th or Halloween. Yeah, you can tell that they're actually like into each other. After the scene with the bridge... She comes home to find that her mom's locked up everything. And we were like, how do you lock up everything so quickly? Which I don't think it is the immediate thought I'd have. Barring windows like that. I thought she was trying to lock her daughter in, not the other way around of protecting her. Like right after this is when she explains what's happening and why she's trying to protect her. Yeah, she takes her downstairs to the furnace. She's like, I have to show you something. Where she has like a trophy. But essentially she says like, Freddie was this guy in the neighborhood who killed 20 neighborhood kids. That is a big number to go on in a short amount of time without being suspected. I think serial killers on average have like, these little allowances mm-hmm. and it eventually builds and builds until they go into berserker mode did mm-hmm. this guy just start in berserker mode killing 20 know. kids because she doesn't really again like with it it's glossed over this, this is the point where she says the backstory and i was saying that this is kind of a deep backstory compared to all the others jason was a kid who drowned, drowned. because his, the counselors weren't paying attention michael was michael just was crazy just a kid who was crazy i guess this one is like freddie was just an uh, insane like an evil person, evil and person we kills children. took revenge because they let him free the judge, like and the which judge is and whoever. crazy because I think that does actually happen a lot where they the justice him. system fails and these people are let go for some reason or another. And she was saying just, that they got fat on money because they like were in the news and stuff like that. She says that she's like they got money. Because of the media. Oh, yes. But it was like they didn't sign the right paper at the right time. And it's like, that's bullshit. And so she implies basically that the parents were like, there's no way that y'all let this guy free. They took justice into their own hands. But in the law of horror movies, you're never supposed to take justice into your own hands. No, it gets you killed by the same guy trying to stop. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so they found him. She says they like covered him in gas and they lit him on fire in the boiler room of some And then her mom literally kept his razor hand yeah she's like look it's fine it's fine mommy killed him don't worry about it." terrifying like now i'm scared of you mom she would still think that nancy's insane because would you though i feel like her mom was honestly the one that believed her the most but didn't want to but didn't want to and maybe that's why her drinking like had escalated towards the end and you it was like obvious at that point Mm -hmm. then you know we have this whole weird exchange and nancy kind of understands why this is happening now now that I think about that too, is like, does anyone does anyone else know in the neighborhood? Does the dad know? Is that why they're divorced? They definitely know because they gave each other that suspicious look when she mentioned him. It's implied that all the parents got involved and just decided to murder him. So I think she calls Glenn, and then we get the iconic crop top god scene where he's wearing that jersey oh yeah (laughs) yeah it's a meme it's like (laughs) girls are like let's bring this look back for men and it's johnny depp in the crop top that was me yesterday with my dragon Ball tiny shirt shirt. yes (laughs) (laughs) i've had that shirt since i was a kid i don't think you were trying to make a fashion statement though i think your shirt was just too small (laughs) (laughs) fine i'll donate it eventually (laughs) when it gets to that crop top level of johnny depp (laughs) you were you will donate it yeah or sell it on ebay um (laughs) yeah she's talking to glenn and she mentions that she's been awake for seven for seven days when do you like die from not sleeping i think it's not a lot of 
time. Well, at this point, she says that the record is 11. So she's like, I'm fine. It did make me think that there are plenty of There's a certain marker, a certain day where you start to hallucinate and go crazy. And and it it gets worse. And and it gets worse and worse. There's even that, uh, what's that? That story of the German experiment where they weren't. Oh, the Russian sleep experiment. It's a creepy pasta, yeah. And they like go insane and uh, go cannibalistic or destroy each other or something. Mm -hmm. It's a story I haven't listened to in a long time. It's good. I'm sure if people listen to me right now, they'd be screaming like, that's not how the story goes. It's fine. But I, I, not everyone's heard of it. But if you haven't, or if you have, go check. It's like a classic creepy pasta. It's it is good, yeah. And so I thought of that immediately when she says that she has been she hasn't slept for seven days. She's kind of going back and forth a lot faster between the dream world and the real world. But she creates this plan with Glenn, Mm -hmm. and it's like you know what, I got this. Don't worry about it. We're gonna catch. Freddie and Glenn's uh, Glenn to this at this point still is like kind of like I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'm gonna support you because you're my girl. And again, I like their relationship strangely because she's like super demanding, potentially going crazy. And he's like, I still support you, babe. He's like, what a drag. But sure, let's do it. (laughs) Nancy's mom comes in. Yeah, she comes in and cleans up. Because Nancy's pretending to be sleepy and kind of falling asleep. She's pretending, but she's also like kind of getting ready. Like this isn't the final battle yet, but Mm -hmm. it's like the scene before it. And um, her mom takes like all the medication. She takes the coffee pot and the coffee cups is like, just just go to sleep. And this is probably my favorite scene in this entire movie. Nancy is the patron saint of coffee. <laughs> and she like just whips out another coffee maker from under her bed. The full, <laughs> the full thing, ready to go. I'm like, weren't those things? She pours things? herself a cup too. She's like, fuck you and chugs a whole gallon Meanwhile, of coffee. Meanwhile, mom's in the hallway also pulling a bottle out. A vodka, yeah, or whatever it is. It's like the laundry closet or something She like just that. reaches she pulls in. a bottle out of un- between the clothes and starts drinking in the hallway too. Different addictions. <laughs> but yes. I was going to say... I'm down for this. I think everyone needs a pot of coffee in oh, their room. <laughs> I thought you were going to say bottles of vodka just in the clothes. Every corner of the house. <laughs> Listen, it's been a hard Panera bread bowl. I'm not going to judge what you do to get through it. But maybe uh, put it in your kitchen. Like, it's not that serious. Like, you could reach it in your kitchen. <laughs> what are all these words? <laughs> People are tired bowl, of saying panoramic, pandemic, okay? Pancreas. I'm that's going to be my next one. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying a lot of P words. Yes, that's a thing. People are just tired of saying really? this pandemic. Yeah. I'm not on the internet. No. Go on social media and everyone's mm. just like, I'm over it. Social media is not my thing. Sure. Anyway, follow our social media once we have some. <laughs> I'll be in charge of that. Yeah. But this is where we get the, the judgy Glenn's parents scene too, where the dad and the mom, well, the dad's standing outside in front. He's like drinking a beer, talking about how he hates her. <laughs> yeah. judgy it's so mean I, th- I think for for it to be like the parents hate the kid it's kind of like man you don't have to do that i mentioned the same thing to you like what if one day we had a kid and we didn't like who they were dating what the hell do you even do take the phone or this guy like takes the phone off the hook he just like oh yeah phone. he does um because yeah. they're inside and i think nancy tries calling glenn because, because she knows he's falling asleep she he, he takes the phone and is like he's not here 
Good night. Ed takes it off the hook. Nancy's kind of like freaking out because she can't reach Glenn. Right after this, we get the phone ringing in Nancy's room. And Nancy's freaking out because she literally ripped it off the cord. She ripped it off the cord. And we get that really nasty scene of. Uh, oh my God. He's like, I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> and he tongues her through the yeah, phone. That's the first time he uses <laughs> tongue, too. I think in a scene earlier. Yeah, he does he's, that. Like, trying to figure out. He's like flicking his tongue at her. He's really like sexual. I guess well, I think sense. it's implied because he's like, a child killer he's like a molester it's, type I was gonna figure say, is it ever implied he's a molester too or is he just a killer uh, i don't like pedophile? feel like i could totally be wrong but i think when you kill a certain type of group say it's women or men it, it's usually sexually driven I could be totally wrong. There's serial killers that are definitely not sexually motivated, mm-hmm. but the majority might be. Mm. Glenn gets pulled in with a TV and record player right after Again, this. like we were talking about, this heavy-ass TV on his lap. How do you fall asleep? Through, the TV is what <laughs> killed him, honestly. <laughs> you get sucked in, and then you get the giant flood of, I was going to say alcohol, of blood. <laughs> I would argue probably the best scene in this movie next to the coffee out from under the bed the blood flood it's definitely like if when you think about this movie you think of the claws coming out of the tub and this blood scene also i cannot watch this movie now without thinking about rick and morty i'm gonna kill you bitch yes oh my (laughs) god like you have to make something super annoying for you to associate it with the normal movie (laughs) I'm going to get you, bitch. It's a crazy episode because then you follow Freddy and he's just like married with a kid. It's like a funny episode. Yes. I'd see that. Freddy's pretty hilarious. He's a real home family man. Yes. I would also say that this blood scene reminds me so much of The Shining. Yes. With the elevator. The Shining was in 1980. Mm -hmm. So I would say that it did it first. And then this came out. So the mom walks in, sees Glenn getting splashed, tripping from the walls and stuff. And the and cops she's show like, up. fuck. Yeah, yeah, the cops all show up. They're all freaking out. The dad's there. I'm assuming Nancy realizes Glenn's what's dad happening. And she calls and she's like demanding to speak to her dad. And she's super casual for someone whose boyfriend has just died brutally. I'm guessing because she comes from like a broken home, you're supposed to realize that she's very mature. Mm. There's even the scene where like she's basically talking to her mom saying that she's getting ready to end all of this. And her mom's like, you've always been a fighter. That's been your, your superpower. Hint, hint. But learn when you need to turn away. But yeah, Nancy calls the dad at Glenn's house. She's talking to him and she's like, I got this. Don't worry about it. But just be there in 20 minutes. I'm going to yeah, take care of this. I was going to ask you, do you know why the 1230 was a, like a big deal? I don't think so. Because like you mentioned earlier, time has not been an issue up until this point. She sets an alarm for 10 minutes. And, and she like starts home aloneing her house. Oh my God. Yeah. She starts, uh, what's his name? Kevin McAllistering it. Macaulay Culkin it. <laughs> yeah. And goes to sleep. And enters this weird, like, dream logic, which um, I think it's pretty accurate, right? She's, like, talking in her own head. And it's like when you're dreaming and you have your inner monologue going on in your own head. You're hearing your friends telling you, like, things that kind of stood out. Disembodied. She hears Glenn talk about the Your house is your house, but it's not your house. Yeah. Because now there's a boiler room below the basement. Mm-hmm. She hears Tina saying, like, you saw the same guy I saw. It's kind of she like She hears a Glenn telling her about... 
lucid dreams. Freddy does eventually come out and start attacking her. He's like, I'm going to kill you, bitch. And then she like jumps off the <laughs> stairs. Yes. <laughs> she starts in the boiler room, jumps off the stairs, ends up outside and starts fighting him there. And then the alarm goes off on her phone, which is like pretty advanced for the 80s, I would yeah, say. It's, it's like talking to her left. like um Alexa. And then <laughs> she wakes up and she's not seeing Freddy anywhere. And she's like, I guess I really am crazy. And then jump scare. Which is pretty good. I didn't actually expect that one. Which one? The Freddy just comes out behind her bed. She's like, he's not here. I woke up trying to trap him. He jumps out of behind the bed? Yeah, he does. Behind the bed? She's like, wakes up, sits up, and you're like seeing her straight on. And um, she's like, oh, yes. I guess I was crazy. And then Freddy's like, that. Yeah. I don't know why she says that, though. It's like, no, dude. All this stuff has been happening this whole time. You didn't just take a nap and you're like, oh, it's over. I would say she like, if Lori is resourceful, Nancy is like 10 times that. Yeah, because she's Kevin McAllister as a girl. Yeah. Because uh, then right after this happens, Freddie jumps out of her. She runs out the room. She opens the windows. This a dumbass cop assistant to her dad. She's like under him or something. Yeah, she does. <laughs> it's like, like, get my dad. Get my dad. And which like, I get it, right? right? It's going to be fine. We've got everything taken care of here. And she's like, get my dad, you dumbass. You asshole. Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, yeah, I get the characters written to be stupid. But it's just like, He's her like, dad's also an asshole. <laughs> because her dad promised her to be there and it's like he's been absentee this entire time that's all right he's a cop he's just taking care of he's all busy. the other kids he's busy with the buckets of blood in the other house yeah he's just making sure that all the rest of the kids that haven't been killed by freddy are fine his kid i would argue the opposite that he's making sure that all the kids are killed by freddy <laughs> he's just there to clean up the dead body so eventually her dad does show up when this cop's like yeah i better go get the lieutenant right after this i think freddy finally gets out of the room and we get a sequence of Freddy getting home alone. Yes, we the do. The whole way down the stairs. He yeah. gets hit by the hammer and he's like, Ugh, he tumbles. The, the he like light bulb bomb the goes off. Yes. He's on fire at this point, I think, already. Yes, and that's when her dad finally rushes in and she's like, oh my God, hurry up. He's over here. And he's- we know he's on fire when he goes down the stairs with her because she douses him in gasoline and then throws yes. like a match at him. I think we're supposed to gather that Freddy's been pulled into the real world at this point and he's kind of like yeah. not sure how to act. Cops show up. She's like, he's downstairs. He's downstairs. The house is smoking, so that's obviously what attracts them. <laughs> attracts his her dad to be like, oh my god, it's serious. It's She's real danger. Yeah. Um, they go downstairs. They don't find anybody, but they see the footsteps on fire. Heading up to her mom's room. Yeah, and she's like, oh my god, my mom. And she runs up. The cop follows her. And they walk in, and I think Nancy walks in first, right? Because Freddie's on top of the mom and is like choking her out. But her he's dad on fire. does see it. Yeah, he, he runs in, throws the blanket over. Yeah. And then he pulls it off, and we get this crazy tombstone, like, sucked into body. The, yeah, sucked into the pits of hell scene, scene on the bed. Nancy's like, now do you believe me? Which, poor fucking Nancy, man. <laughs> and her dad, like, hugs her. She's like, this blows my mind. She's like, I'm fine. Get out of the room. Your daughter has literally just witnessed everyone in her fucking life die. Her best friend, her boyfriend, her mom. And you believe her when she says she's fine and to get out of the room? Terrible parenting. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's why they're divorced. Work mm, out. They're all not great. No. Nancy's in the room by herself and Freddy starts to kind of pull himself She turns out. around purposely, I feel. And she's like, I know you're there. He's like, I'm going to get you. And she's like, no, you're not. I, I am not going to give you any more energy than I've already given you. And this is when you brought up the tulpa. I did, because I Don't guess should we define a tulpa? Because 
Yeah. So atulpa is a concept in mysticism and the paranormal of a being or object which is created through spiritual or mental powers. Essentially, something that you give so much belief into, so much energy into, like she mentions, becomes real. It's a manifestation of your beliefs. Human energy. So obviously, as more people believe it, uh, one example that comes to mind is Slender Man. Yeah. yeah. Is that enough people believed that Slender Man was real that... Therefore, he comes into existence just from that sheer energy mm-hmm. of people believing. I don't know if, how long the notion of a tulpa has been around, but like Freddy could be considered one because the more kids that dream about him, believe in him, the crazier the nightmares become, the less clear the lines between dreaming and reality are Mm -hmm. yeah i also thought it was interesting i don't know if this could be interpreted the same way freddie could also be a metaphor for like anxiety because anxiety is something that the more energy you give it the Mm. more personally speaking i don't speak for everyone who has anxiety but the more you dwell on something the more you feed it the more it controls your life Mm. That might have been what happened to the mom. At the point where the mom realizes that Nancy's talking about Freddy Krueger, this guy that kind of haunts her after this point. She's, like, drinking. She's drinking more. She's, like, smoking. The scene where Freddy kills the mom and she's, like, kind of sucked into this abyss, the mom has finally paid for the her final price. guilt. Yeah. yeah. As much as it was, like, we did it because the kids, we saved the kids. That's something that still haunts her. Yeah. We got, like, way deeper into this than I thought we were going to. That's fine. That's the whole point, right, is that, again, we're not movie buffs. It's just a movie. It's just a movie to scare you. <laughs> well, after her mother perishes, she says, I don't give you control. And then Freddy kind of like disappears. And she's like, I want my friends and family back. Which ultimately, I think I'm going to say this is early on, but I think Nancy's my favorite final girl because she is probably where most of the other final girls we've talked about kind of like stumble upon their survival. Nancy is actively fighting throughout this whole movie and at the end confronts the boogeyman mm-hmm. yeah she does she like again can put up a fight with him she figures out how to stop him allegedly maybe yeah <laughs> allegedly we'll we'll see as we get through more movies but she's probably one of the ones that, that stand out as you know, so far back. she's my later, number one <laughs> Lori, right in the later halloween movies also fights michael yeah, black Lo- and all that stuff but in terms of like early on horror and slashers and things like that yeah and then the scene rapidly changes and it's like a sunny day everything's like white the color is super bright they're wearing very light colors she, she looks like she's slept i think the mom even comments like oh my god you look so different and she's like, probably because i slept like really well last night yeah and then the mom also mentions i had such a bad night that i'm never gonna drink again which we all have have those right where we swear we're never gonna drink (laughs) over the age of 25 anytime you have more than two drinks you swear you're never gonna drink again. over the age of 20 over the age of 20 because that's when you're just fucked apparently according to this movie it definitely seems of all the times that it didn't seem like a dream like it was either a dream or the real world this is the most like this is kind of sketchy this is probably a dream situation immediately right? it starts to go bad because uh her friends roll up in the car and uh glenn is like what's with all this fog <laughs> and the mom's like it's crazy and then the the top of the convertible comes up and it's Freddy's shirt. Yeah, it's green pattern. and red. Yeah. And the car starts to kind of freak out and Glenn's like, I don't know why, because it gets I'm stuck. I'm not doing this. Yeah, it gets stuck and it doesn't close all the way and the windows are rolling up and the car starts to drive off on its own. <laughs> and I love this scene because it just looks crazy. The mom <laughs> I knew gets, you were like, going to say this because you laughed really hard when Yeah, the mom gets like, you know, the, the, the mom is just standing there and she's like, what? And the 
Freddy's hand comes out of the window. And a tiny window in the door. Yes, yeah, a tiny little glass window in the door. He chokes her and just suctions the crap out of her through it. You can even see like very the, the, obviously a, a mannequin <laughs> yeah, yeah. type doll it just, just gets sucked in. through that little hole. Crazy, her whole body just whoop, flies Yeats. through the window. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get the song again, and then the little girl is playing. Oh yeah, and then it's just rope. just the little girl's like one, two. And I'm like, children. Yeah. Is it ever said why these little girls are like his theme? I don't know. Because no? they come out at the end. I'm assuming it's like. Right at the oh, beginning yeah. and then right, right at the, the end. Kids he killed. Oh, that's possible. They just and follow him around announcing him. They're just like, hey, kids, come meet this guy. We'll sing you as you get killed. And they're like, aye, aye, captain. <laughs> yeah. We got the. I think this the is the again. second time we've referenced SpongeBob in this episode. <laughs> SpongeBob's gonna happen a lot. I love oh SpongeBob. my god, it's like thirty percent of your personality. One episode we're gonna have to do is uh, the episode with the uh, the Hashling. <laughs> yeah, whatever his name is. What is it? That's fine. The Hashlinging Slash. You just said Hashling and Slash. Yeah, because he like is stuttering. He's like the Hashlinging, the Slashlinging. Everyone is screaming at the Hashlinging Slasher. Right hashlinging Slash is correct. Yes. So I think that's pretty much the final scene. Yeah, so what do you rate it? Yeah, I, I don't know. Even though it's a slasher, I feel like it's pretty different from the last two we've seen. It's He's a, like, between the line of a real killer and a supernatural killer. He could potentially be a tulpa. I don't disagree with that. I she... think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Because I would say I liked it as about as much as Halloween. Yeah. 8 I'm out gonna of go, 10? I'm going to okay. go with that. <laughs> yeah, I'd go... Probably something similar, seven, seven and a half. Because I think it's interesting to think about a dream killer being the thing that kind of gets to you. Most of the time, I think the other kids or the other teenagers don't even know that it's for real happening. You know, like they have this idea of this like kind of weird thing happening in their dreams, but they don't ever really think it's true. Reality and dreams are pretty blurred here. Yeah, and then, and then it finally gets them. So, yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think the like the mind fuck of like, is it real? Is it not? Makes it super interesting, interesting to, to like be killed by this guy, right? So. Isn't there a myth that if you die in a dream, you die in real life? Yeah, that's why there's the whole thing of like, this isn't real. I'm dreaming is the way to stop yourself from dreaming. You wake up supposedly. Have you ever died in a dream? No. I always have those dreams where, like, you fall and then, like, oh, your body jumps those. in real life. But those you're not even, like, fully asleep yet and it jerks you awake. Yeah. It's crazy that, it, like, it does that, right? That your body I hate reacts. so much because it's always when you're just, like, about to hit some good sleep. Oh, they were going to say when you're about to hit the ground is when you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. The other ones are like real people, right? Uh, that are actually killing Yeah, they're you. reality. And this one's like magical or mystical or whatever. Or so it's a- almost it an astral projection. How do you protect yourself? Yeah, and Nancy figures it out, obviously. Yeah. Or not. Or not. Allegedly. But I think she does because I believe she's in the sequels. She is. So do you want to talk about what scared Loki this week? Sure. Well, you pointed out that he literally took naps the entire time. Ironically, he slept peacefully through this entire movie. He's like, you know what? I like this Freddy guy. He sings me lullabies. He counts to three. He counts to six. Just put it on all the time. (laughs) Loki actually has a problem sleeping. So it's kind of weird that this is the movie that Hmm. he was like, no, boring. Go to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to tell us about your nap, Loki?
Sounds like a good nap. <laughs> All right, so I think that pretty much wraps it up here for us. As always, we hope you guys had a good time. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or just want to tell us how badly we messed up observing this movie, you can reach <laughs> us at shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. Uh, socials to follow. We're, we're getting on that. We just wanted to get a couple episodes up before we set that up. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, bye.